Walking distance is supported by Gossamer Gear. So there I was at Kit Lake on Avalanche Divide in the Grand Tetons. The wind was up and my Gossamer Gear trekking pole tent, The One, barely moved. At only 17 ounces, The One is bomb-proof with loads of room inside to sit up, store your gear, and stay dry and safe from the bugs. And Gossamer Gear Gorilla 50-liter ultralight backpack is roomy and organized enough for all I need, plus a week's worth of food. From trekking poles to hiking umbrellas, tents and backpacks, Gossamer Gear is some of the highest quality lightweight gear out there. And as a listener of Walking Distance, you can score 15% off your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code WALKINGDISTANCE. Gossamer Gear. Take less. Do more. There are so many times where I wake up in the morning and it's pouring rain and I don't want to hike. <laughs> there is no sun out today, so you literally have to be the sunshine. It's like a very meaningful thing for me to do to like take a Sharpie and write it on my arm. And I do it a lot when like I'm having a hard time or things get tough on trail. It helps me kind of like get through some of the, the less than fun parts of through hiking. <laughs> From The Trek, this is Walking Distance, a show for hikers, trekkers, trampers, and wanderers that proves any place worth seeing can be reached by walking there, and that it's even better when you carry all you need in a backpack. I'm Blissful Hiker. Sophia Garber is a 24-year-old Appalachian Trail thru-hiker and vlogger. Every morning, she takes a Sharpie and writes, Be the Sunshine on her arm. Now, three solid days of rainy weather can cast a pall on any hiker's journey. But the mantra is a reminder to not ignore the hard things, but to find meaning, joy, and hope in things that can be perceived as dark. The phrase comes from a friend of Sophia's named Crystal, a young woman she met while working at Ullman House, a nonprofit that provides housing for young adults with cancer. Sophia is dedicating her hike to Crystal's memory and allowing her bravery and lust for life to shape her own journey as a hiker and as a vlogger. Crystal was someone who I met for the first time when I was starting my cross-country bike ride. So I did it as a fundraiser for an organization called Almond, which supports young adults with cancer. And Crystal was less than a year out from cancer treatment, and she wanted to bike across the country to fundraise and then also to kind of like show other young adult cancer survivors that you don't have to be defined by the cancer experience that you went through and that you can still do hard things. She finished the bike ride and it was like honestly one of the most empowering things to watch her figure out how to overcome what cancer had taken away from her and like reclaim her life, which was it was really, really amazing to see that. And then she passed away last December. And like at the time, I was trying to figure out if this was the year to through hike the Appalachian Trail. And when she died, I was like, oh, like, I have to do this. And I have to do this for her. And like, I just can't let the fear of like not being able to finish or it being hard, like stop me from doing it, because that's just not the crystal way to live. Sophia is now known as Wheels on the AT, mainly from that cross-country bike trip she took with Crystal that she admits she talks about all the time. She checked in with me from her tent in Harrisburg, Virginia. I always really document my life and like when things seem cool or fun, I, I'll like take up my phone, take a video. I try to capture moments that I'm like really happy and also moments where I'm not because I think both are really important and both are part of the through hiking experience. And then 
I am someone whose brain like moves pretty fast. <laughs> and I like I love writing, but I it's harder for me to do that when I'm like in an experience like this. Like when I'm in the midst of like a peak experience, it's hard for me to stop and write stuff down. But I love to like record myself kind of reflecting on whatever is happening. And then I can like look back and hear what some of my thoughts were in that moment. So video is definitely easier for me than writing or um or or like some people do like TikToks and stuff. But I, I love being able to kind of like talk to the camera and like it's almost like I'm talking to my future self, which is cool. Yeah. And it's like a pastiche in a way. I mean, you have you have several days together and, you know, you sometimes just mix in just kind of music with, you know, just you're smiling and showing us an amazing view. So there's I mean, there's sort of a, a sense of series and a sense of moving forward mm-hmm. when we watch your videos. Thank you. I hope that is what I'm aiming for. And I, I definitely am just trying to, like, take people along on this hike. I've heard so many people saying that, like, this is their dream. They wish they could be out here. And so I hope people get to, like, get a little taste of what it's like to be doing this, this long walk. <laughs> so how has social media and YouTube impacted your experience as a thru-hiker? I want to answer this in like two parts because I think I've had a really positive experience with social media and I've also like last year had a really negative experience with it. So I think this year to focus a little bit on the positive, like there has been so many people who have reached out to me and just like sent me encouraging messages, like people who I don't even know. And so I think the community has felt really connected this year. Like one example is Julia Sheehan, who used to vlog for the Trek, like shared one of my posts And then a girl messaged me. She's like, hey, I found your account through Rocket and I live close to the trail. I'd love to do trail magic. And so she ended up driving like an hour and did some of the most amazing trail magic. And then we ended up having a conversation because she had recently lost someone. And so we were kind of talking about Crystal and the person that she lost. And like, it was this like amazing connection that I I found through the internet. So I think honestly, I think it's really enhanced my, my hike. And I have so much fun like posting on Instagram and I have fun like sharing goofy things and like sharing meaningful things. Um, but the the negative, I will say, I got on trail March 15th and obviously that's when everything with COVID went kind of haywire. But when I was trying to get off trail after the ATC had asked us to, people were so cruel like on social media, just very directly not kind. And it was one of those things where I was like, I am trying to do the right thing. And I'm still getting called selfish. And I'm still getting called like, stupid for being out there. But like the hiker community on social media has very much redeemed itself for me because of like, all the kindness that I've seen this year. For the most part, people are really encouraging and like empowering and and I've been, you know, loving sharing my experience on social media. I mean, right, because you're putting yourself in a a little bit of an awkward position because you're you're completely public. I mean, you're on YouTube. You don't have to like, you know, there's not a paywall or a, or a, a private group. Anybody can watch it and anyone can comment. So, I mean, do you ever have second thoughts about being um, so public? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I've gotten some like, I, would, I wouldn't even call them mean. I'd call them like odd comments on YouTube <laughs> primarily. I got this like really funny comment where someone was like trying to suggest trail names for me and like some of them were funny and some of them were just like inappropriate. I was like, what is going on? Can you tell us any of them? (laughs) Some of the suggestions were like live wire or like kooky or um, hot mess. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) It was like a funny comment. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I found it funny. But no, I don't think I have second thoughts. I think I thought 
I went into this hike with one of the goals being to share Crystal's story. And like, I really don't regret like being so public about it. It's honestly made it like more fun for me because I like when, if something silly happens and then I share it and someone else laughs, like that brings a lot of joy for me. So I don't really think I have second thoughts. Um, I also am like not as big as like some of the other people on Instagram or like YouTube. So and I think that they get a lot more hate than I do because I really I haven't gotten many negative interactions at all mm-hmm. not yet not yet Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> i know hate to say that but i wonder you've answered this um somewhat but like how do you balance being in the moment of your hike um with bringing your followers along for the ride i mean you probably have to do a little bit of switching on to like okay i'm turning the video on now and i'm talking to people and not just being inside my own head I, honestly i feel like it, it's pretty natural for me i mean i don't videotape moments where I feel like it's inappropriate. Like I wouldn't, if I was like having a deep conversation with someone, I wouldn't be like, Hey, do you mind if I vlog? Like, I, I don't know. I think most of the time it's almost kind of like a little bit like a video journal for me. It's almost like it helps me get some of my thoughts out. So usually I've also vlogged when I'm like hiking by myself, which is pretty often. And then the moments with other people, a lot of times it would be appropriate for someone to like take a photo which is usually what I do. But most people don't even really know that I'm vlogging for the trek out here. <laughs> I think, like, I, I'm at a hostel right now, and, like, someone was, like, I just friended someone on Facebook, and they're like, hey, I didn't know you were vlogging for the trek. I was like, yep. So I think most people don't even really know until I have to, like, edit stuff, and then I'll share it. But um, Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about your process, because you are taking several days, and you had music, and what is your editing process? So I switch back and forth because a friend of mine is a musician, and he's super, super talented, and he has like offered to help me and write songs for some of my vlogs. So some of them are custom music. That's Thorn Hayes. He's amazing. But other times I just like use music that's already in iMovie. Honestly, the editing is very easy because the story is just right there. Like I don't have to do a lot of moving around. It's more just I cracked the front camera on my phone. So I have to use the back camera always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I always have to like cut out the the first part of like my every video that is like the ground and me trying to figure out how to care like hold the phone but um the editing is on it honestly the editing does not take very long for me usually it's about like maybe 10 or 15 minutes of editing and then I just upload it so you had to stop vlogging for a few days um you got injured it was raining nonstop, and then you said you were sad how do you manage the problems when they're happening but then open up to us with these things in the moment. Honestly, it has been more of a goal to like record myself even when I don't feel like being recorded, I guess. That was in the the beginning when I was, I was like really struggling to find my footing. And I just honestly forgot to record because I was, I was like having such a hard time and I like didn't know how to really voice that. But I think like talking about it afterwards made me appreciate what I'd went through because when I started recording again, it was kind of like when I was getting stronger and I was feeling more confident and I was getting my footing like mentally and physically. And then I could look back and be like, okay, well, I had moments where I didn't feel this way. And now I'm kind of overcoming that. It's really important to me that I don't skip over the hard parts because that would be ingenuine. A through hike like is very easy to make it look like it's this easy breezy experience and parts of it are amazing but there's really high highs and there's really low lows and I think all of that is equally as important in what it does to you and also like how you portray it I think 
Yeah. I mean, I just posted a video that I took of myself kind of accidentally. I'm not a vlogger. Um, I was just completely falling apart on the Te Araroa in New Zealand. And I'm not pretty. I mean, my face is all screwed up. I'm <laughs> blubbering. There's bugs buzzing around my face. Oh, my God. And I did it mainly because it was like therapy. Like, I needed to talk to someone. So I'm just going to talk yeah. to my phone. I know I kind of wonder about your philosophy. And you're you're very beautiful. But you do show, you know, like the real you and and the kind of the the reality of the trail i mean that's sort of your philosophy of showing this kind of not so pretty side of through hiking i really do hope that 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 comes through because i think that is like part of the beauty of it like those times where you're crying and then you're laughing because you're like hold on like i am in the middle of the woods and i don't know why i'm crying i just don't want to hike anymore it's a really uniquely beautiful and hard part about the trail and i'm like the moment that i probably was the lowest was when i was in franklin north carolina and i had decided to take an extra zero because my leg was hurting and all the people I was hiking with hiked on and I was by myself and I was in this hotel room sobbing into a Domino's pizza and I and I was like what am I doing <laughs> like it was just I don't know like I had this moment where I was like this is gonna pass like this is not permanent this loneliness is not going to be forever and it wasn't and now I look back and I'm like you know that version of Sophia if she could see me where I am right now she'd be like so proud <laughs> and so happy that she's not in Franklin anymore <laughs> Well, it seems to me that you don't want to just vlog, you know, to sort of show the trail or show your journey, but you want to show something beyond the trail. What do you hope that we get out of your videos? Ooh, I hope that it really like inspires people to prioritize joy in the present, I guess. I really think that especially after this year that's been so dark and chaotic and hard, I think something that I really want to do is just to make the decision to not postpone joy and not postpone doing the things that I want to do. And I do hope that that kind of is what people get out of it. I don't know. Like the other day I was I was hiking and I, I was going uphill in the first four miles of the trail, which was in the morning, which was, of course, like a little challenging. And then I got to this meadow and it was so sunny and it was like the perfect kind of sunny where it's not too hot. And I just like realized, like, I don't know if I've ever been this like completely fulfilled in my whole life. And I don't know how to even properly put it into words, but I just like wish that everyone could feel that at some point. And so I guess I hope that a little bit of that comes through and people can get a taste of like how happy this, <laughs> this trail makes me, even when it makes me sad. That's what I hope. Well, Sophia Garber, wheels, <laughs> thank you so much for talking with me today. This was so wonderful. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. Sophia Garber is a vlogger for The Trek, and you can follow her on YouTube. I love how she uses her vlogging to flesh out her story of hiking, to bring to life the why of being out there. Yes, it's to experience long distance through hiking and to push herself out of her comfort zone, but also, in her own words, it's to get back to that goofy and positive version of herself that she was on the six-month cross-country bike trip that she took with Crystal. Sophia, or Wheels, is just starting out on her vlogging journey and building an audience of followers. She got a taste of the harshness in the vlogosphere when she was a 2020 no-go on the AT. But it's not just comments that can make it tough being a public figure on the trail— it's people wanting something from you because they think they know you. 
Actually, my ex-wife tried to explain it from a female perspective when I was really struggling on the PCT on it. I'm feeling so used, like they don't actually want to be my friend. They just want to use me and it feels really, really awful. And she's like, from a female's perspective, it's kind of like when a female walks into a bar and just wants to have a drink with a friend and all these guys come up like, oh, I'm going to buy you a drink. I'm going to take you home now. And they don't care about your personality or anything. It just takes a little bit of practice to kind of figure out who is your friend and who wants to use you kind of thing on yeah social media. That second chance hiker, a young man who walked the PCT to lose weight and to find himself. His vlog became popular fast and brought with it some unwanted attention. When we come back, he shares why he became a vlogger and how sharing the real story of what it means to be a through hiker is a gift to us and to himself. I'm Blissful Hiker, and this is Walking Distance. Walking Distance is supported by Garage Grown Gear, your one-stop online shop for ultralight gear from over a hundred small startup and cottage outdoor brands. Everything from quilts and packs to accessories and meals from makers including Catabatic, Lone Star Ultralight, Bear Vault, Enlightened Equipment, Nomad Nutrition, Six Moon Designs, Goose Feet Gear, and one of my faves, Kula Cloth. They offer free shipping for orders over $20. And here's a really cool deal. First-time customers get 10% off using the code DISTANCE10. That's 10% off your first order using the code DISTANCE10. Support the little dudes, shop intentionally, and get 10% off at garagegrowngear.com. This is Walking Distance from the Trek. I'm Blissful Hiker. Second Chance Hiker has close to 28,000 followers on YouTube. And it's no secret why. His story is amazing. He's a young man whose life was unraveling because he was very overweight and isolated. In the winter of 2019, he stumbled upon hiking videos put out by the star of the medium, Jessica Mills, better known as Dixie of Homemade Wonderlust. Soon, Second Chance was binge-watching all the vloggers and inspired to sell his house and hit the trail. And not just any trail, but one of the crown jewels of all, the Pacific Crest Trail. Second Chance, who invited me to call him by his given name, Corey, became a vlogger and an extremely popular one. It was all a bit by accident, since at first he didn't want to share his story at all until he lost weight— but that was not how things worked out. Instead, his vlog, starting with a very slow first week, was viewed thousands of times, and he garnered a big following. Surely this was not just because of the challenges he faced and the collective desire on the part of his followers to know what happens next. It was also because of how he approaches filming, with a smile and a giggle and an ease in front of the camera, He did admit to me that he turns around the camera so he can't see himself while talking to it. But I was curious who he's talking to, if he's thinking of someone in particular, or maybe it's just more a way of keeping himself company. Yeah, I would say a form of therapy. The only friend I've ever really had for a long time was my ex-wife. And uh, I know there's other people like Albert Einstein, people say, oh, he used to talk to himself, so you're not crazy or something like that. So 
I have an active imagination and like it helps to have a conversation, but I'm awful at writing. So instead of writing down my thoughts, I'm just speaking them out loud. So it's kind of like my own personal diary. And it's kind of like I'm just talking to a, a friend in a way. So that's really, I guess, why it kind of sounds natural too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like such a jump then coming from somebody who feels very isolated and that you really have very few friends to suddenly someone who has so many followers. Followers. Was there a real transition for you? I mean, did you have to do anything to kind of make it through that that jump to having so many followers? Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to go like that. And definitely, yeah, coming from such a isolated life, because I think anxiety and all that, like I want to be around people, but then ah, my anxiety is like, nope, stay away from people. You'll feel better. It was kind of really, really overwhelming. And I think my ex-wife she actually did all the editing and released all the videos and i think they nobody would have ever saw me ever if i was in charge of it that's incredibly valuable i mean not that many people have that kind of friendship that's really deep i mean you share a family so you would want to have that kind of care and and understanding i mean i imagine she really supported you not just with the editing and getting your videos out there but supported you like emotionally through the trip of the PCT as well. She was the one that saw like, oh man, 2018 Corey's like hit 400 pounds. The cardiologist said like you have a heart of a 68 year old man. So I came up with this plan and stuff. And yeah, I showed her Dixie's videos and like, hey, I want to actually go hike the Pacific Crest Trail. And she just said like, yeah, this is really crazy, but yeah, go do it. And I said like, you're the kid's going to be okay. Are you going to be okay? And like, we talked to Andrew too. And like, She's like, yeah, 100%. We're all on board. We support you. You could say if that's super healthy or not, but she just wants me happy. So it's. I think it's really hard to find somebody like that in your life that you can actually fall back on and have that support. Now, you mentioned Dixie. She's the um, hiker who produces Homemade Wonderlust, another vlogger. So what is her relationship in your life, um, maybe starting with like before you hiked the trail, you watched her videos, but I mean, I imagine she was an influence to become a vlogger as well. Yeah, I started watching her in 2018 and I binge watched her and that's where I came up with the idea and I actually showed the Sierra videos like how beautiful and incredible the Sierras were. So I like came to my ex-wife and like I said, you know, I have this crazy plan of selling the house and stuff and like I showed her Dixie's videos and yeah, it was like, okay, I really want to do this and Dixie's kind of made it seem like anybody can go out hiking. And I was like, okay, well, I can do it too. And like, I was just like incredibly like in awe and then yeah, then after that, I started watching others darwin's jay wonders out and a few others and uh yeah dixie was like the main catalyst though to like holy cow like i'm gonna go hiking on the pacific crest trail like dixie well you're gonna hike like her but did you also see yourself as becoming a vlogger like her or was that really something that more organic no 100 not so my originally my plan was that why i lost a bunch of weight and looked better i would do youtube like i was like i could totally do it. i like telling stories or something i was gonna say okay, i can do ghost stories but i think like, there's no way i would ever do youtube if i'm fat i'm too ugly i'm not attractive I'm still working on my self-image, uh, of course, but I think we all are kind of have like a negative, we can have a negative self-image about ourselves. But no, being a YouTube hiker, oh, 100% no, that was never like something I ever thought would blow up and be like somewhat successful in a way. Like, yeah, I just never thought that. Yeah. What really touches me is like from your very first episode, you make yourself 
completely vulnerable. I mean, it's about as vulnerable as you can be. You're bare-chested and you're weighing yourself for all of us to see. It's kind of incredible because, as you just said now, all of us have, you know, something about our bodies or our faces or whatever, or personalities that we don't like. And so to see somebody else do that also seems to give us permission, you know, like, yes, it gives us permission to hike, but also gives us permission to be vulnerable. And I find that really an amazing connection to us as hikers is that you are willing to do that. I mean, you can't hide. What made you willing to open the world to not only your hiking, but to your weight loss journey? I think if a doctor tells you, and he was the super nicest doctor in the world, he didn't shame me or anything, but he said, you know, you're not exercising and you have a heart of a 68 year old man. And then he was like, you know, you're setting yourself up to have a heart attack very soon in your thirties. And uh, he just asked, are you happy with your life? And it's like, oh my God, I didn't tell it to his face, but I will always remember the question he asked. Uh, but no, I'm 100% was not happy with my life. So I just like stopped caring. Like, so what? Look at my stomach. Like I turned down going to water parks and all this other stuff. And I'm still guilty of it. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I solved all these answers. 100% I am still working on it. I think I'll be 70 and still working on it. But I've gotten a million times better. I think 2018, Corey, was like 100 times worse like I would just want to isolate myself but now it's like I'm more game like yes if you want to go out and do something let's go out and do it and I try to say yes more and more and not let my negative body image get in the way Well, you said yes to something enormous. I mean, the PCT is over 2,600 miles. It's not like you said, I'm going to just do like a weekend hike and start to get fit. You were just like, I'm going to do this whole thing. Why choose the PCT? I think the biggest motivation for me is like, I'm just so burnt at being fat. I'm so burnt at being alone. Like, I just have to try something different. It wasn't like trying to like, okay, well, my goal is to get to point A to point B. My goal was to try to become like a better person, you know, heal myself. I think that self-image, get skinnier, find some friends. Like I kind of had to sing, but I, then again, watching Dixie's videos and stuff and like Darwin, these vloggers, they kind of had the impression like you're going to be all alone on the trail. So I was really, really shocked when I started running to other hikers so frequently after like the second or third month being out there, like I started running into other hikers. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Let's talk a little bit about how you prepared and how you're hiking now. What did you do to prepare? Was the PCT your first backpacking experience? My first backpacking experience was actually in like 2010, 11. And it was on the Katy Trail, which is a paved trail. Everything was, there was nothing crazy about it. I think I had a $20 tent from Walmart, though I did not know what I was doing. I slept in bathrooms a couple times there. And I went out for like 20 days. It was after a guy pointed a gun at me and did an arm robbery, it really screwed me up because I opened the door and he had the gun right up to my head. And I was like, oh my God, this is the end. I'm going to die. And uh, again, this is kind of funny because that was like a near death experience. And it made me go out for like a walk here and just kind of figure things out. The fact is, is that the trail offers its own sets of dangers and risks. I mean, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get hit over the head for money, but um, but you had a lot of difficulties. I mean, you had the pretty serious accident on Devil's Peak. 
What was going through your head when you realized that you were really hurt? I was actually really angry. So I was like day 50 or 155, somewhere in there. But I've been on the trail for quite a while now. And uh, a lot of people tend to finish the trail by that time too. And I like, here I am just still hiking along. I was really very disappointed. And I was like, oh my God, like all these annoying trolley people online are going to say like, oh my God, I told you you should never have been on the trail because of this would happen. I told everybody this would happen and stuff. And it's like, my original thought is like, please get better, please get better. And looking back on that, I'm really disappointed in myself for caring what somebody online would actually think, especially the trolls, because only a troll would actually be like, glad that somebody got hurt. Yeah. I mean, the nasty comments that you had to endure. I mean, that's the problem. In YouTube, you open your life up to interesting and supportive people, but you also have really nasty people. Some people said you shouldn't be on trail. You're a danger to everyone else. You're a sick joke. I mean, how did you manage those kinds of comments? Definitely Dixie and me, we did have conversations even uh, last year about this too. And she shared some of the comments that she got as being a female. And it did really kind of help with it. Talking to somebody else who does YouTube, the horrible comments that people will leave you. She kind of vented too about like, it's really difficult for her to get comments. And like we uh, were talking about, hey, you get a hundred positive comments, but you get that one troll who just pretty much stabs you in the back and like it can really be upsetting and bothering. So I think I've gotten a lot better at it. I'm actually just got to the point this year, if I see it, either you get ignored or blocked just instantly, try not to feed the trolls. And uh, I'm definitely convinced that people like that, they had to have something really bad happen in their lives. They're really unhappy with their lives. They probably need a hug. They're probably jealous in a way too. Like, okay, well, Uh, They think it's really, really easy to put yourself out there and it's not. It's really hard. And so some of it is like, okay, I try to sometimes make up stories like, oh, they got cheated on by their husband or wife. And they're just like, oh, just in a really bad place in their life. And they're just taking it out on me. And I think that kind of helps a lot with it, too. And yeah, definitely talking about it. I think only other people who put themselves out there can truly understand like, uh, like how annoying it is to sometimes have those trolls coming after you. After Corey left the trail when he wrenched his back, thankfully no broken bones, he was told to take time off. And his hero and the most popular vlogger in the backpacking world, Dixie, showed up to encourage him to get back on trail. Her positivity and can-do spirit was the spark that he needed to keep going and do as much of the PCT that he could, plus gain perspective on not just negative comments, but the stalking that happens when you're a successful vlogger by people who want to cash in on your popularity. There was one woman who posed as a journalist so she could push a cancer-curing water product on him and get him to endorse it. I mean, it sounds kind of funny now— But it is overwhelming, and coupled with negative comments, can make it tough to keep opening up their lives to the public. When you put together something and you have to edit it and you talk about it, you're telling a story, it's almost like you're creating a 
piece of art in a way. And it's like, this is my story. And then a lot of people get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's like, thank you so much for sharing this. This really helped me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for opening your life to us. And I think that's the part that makes it all worth it. So the positive just overwhelms the negative. And that's what makes it a lot of fun though. And it's like, well, I put this together and I want to try to do even better next time. And this is awesome and stuff. I love sharing this part of my life with everybody. I know. And the thing is, is that you have this infectious giggle and smile. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's obviously you can't know how other people react to you because you're you, right? But it's wonderful. I mean, we can't stop watching because it's such a level of positivity that a lot of us can't maintain. And I was just wondering if you're someone who always kind of laughs through hard times. This was something very, very new. So I did not know this uh, before the 2019 PCT hike. Uh, Again, I think it's just because I haven't been around a lot of people. Nobody ever said like, oh, you're really positive or like, well, you laugh, you smile, you're kind of always like kind of happy and stuff like that. And no, I've never actually really heard that. I don't know if people realize sometimes it's nervous laughter. It's the way for me to cope with stuff is like, I'll just put on a laugh or a smile and try to laugh it off. And it's my way of dealing with those emotions. But yeah, when I'm talking to people, I'm always smiling. And even now I have a big smile on my face because I'm talking. (laughs) So Corey, Second Chance Hiker, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Blissful Hiker. And uh, thank you for having me on the walking distance, too. That was really cool. I haven't done a podcast in quite a while. So this was, yeah, I actually did it. And it was actually a lot of fun. Since the PCT, Corey has hiked the Velibit Mountain Range in Croatia, as well as the most difficult portions of the Florida Trail through the swamps. There's this really great picture of him on Instagram. He's half-submerged and leaning against a tree, and his hat is in hand, fanning himself. I was on a hike the night before I talked to Corey, and I kept thinking about his attitude, his giggle, and the fact that he's working on himself all with us as observers— Vlogging on trail is an art form, as Corey points out. It's a creation made by the hiker, and maybe in his case it's used as a form of therapy, a way to keep himself company, but ultimately to share with us something personal and vulnerable to help us confront our own issues. Both Wheels and Second Chance are grabbing hold of their lives and sharing in the messiness of it with a smile. And they hope that we, too, won't postpone joy and get on trail, too, whether it's a weekend hike or something more ambitious. You can follow and get inspired by both vloggers on YouTube. And do let us know who you follow regularly, what sorts of things that vlogging reveals that helps you maybe choose gear or choose a trail to take or to choose the kind of attitude you want to have. You can reach us at walkingdistanceatthetrek.co. Thanks again to today's title sponsor, Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear and accessories, and my choice for thru-hiking. You can save 15% on your next order at gossamergear.com. Just use the code word WALKINGDISTANCE, all one word, WALKINGDISTANCE, and save 15% off your order at gossamergear.com. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple, leave a review and a rating. That's how others find us. And do tell your friends, too. Our theme was composed by Daniel Nass. Thanks so much to Zach Davis, Tina Mullen, and Jackie Marusiak. 
I'm Blissful Hiker, and thanks so much for listening to Walking Distance from the Trek. Trek.